1 Corinthians 13 is sometimes called the Bible's chapter on love. It is a beautiful description of Yahweh's definition of love. In it, Yahweh tells us that if our actions are not motivated by love, they are worthless even if they appear to be worthwhile. It also states that love endures all things and that love never fails, both of which seem hard to achieve. We'll get back after this. You're listening to Proclaim Gospel Podcast. Your host is Evangelist Joel Gums. All right, yes, Yeshua saves indeed from the guttermost to the uttermost. There is a song that I sang as a child in primary school and even sang in church in my adult days. It says, Love is a flag flown high from the castle of my heart, from the castle of my heart, from the castle of my heart. Love is a flag flown high from the castle of my heart, and the king is in residence there. So let it fly in the sky, let the whole world know. Let the whole world know, let the whole world know. So let it fly in the sky, let the whole world know that the king is in residence there. Let us pray. Father in heaven, as we look at your word today, I pray that you will give your word power, Holy Ghost power, that it may go swiftly around the world and change in the hearts of men and women, boys and girls. You said that your word will not return unto you void until it has accomplished that very thing that you have set it out to do. So I pray that you will touch the hearts of men and women, boys and girls, in your son's name with thanksgiving. Amen. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 8. And the topic today is the greatest of these. The greatest of these. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and we're going down from verse 8. It says, Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. So faileth here is talking about to fall off or from. To fall from its place to fail, to perish. But genuine love does not fall. Genuine love does not fall off like a leaf or a flower. When you are out there and you see the fruit trees like the mangoes and you sometimes the wind may blow a little and you may hear the sound, the thud, the thumping sound of, of mangoes falling on the ground. Or you, with the blowing of the wind, you may see flowers falling from the trees. But love does not fall from its place because when the fruit falls from the tree and when the flower falls from the, from the flower tree, it's a signal of death. It signifies death. So if love falls off from the heart of those who say they love is it that their love has died or is dying love never fails when love of the other person is our genuine motivation we will never fail to manifest the characteristics of love in action I remember the illustration of a young man who was dating a young lady a beautiful young lady and he will always tell her nice words. And he said, honey, I will, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will always be there for you to protect you. And one evening they were going home and the Rottweiler broke free from its chain and, and attacked them. And the man saw this dog coming down, coming and growling as if it was going to rip them apart. The man ran, left the young lady behind. She said, honey, honey, you said that you will always be there with me to protect me. And he said, not this time. Love does not do that. 
Love is not like that. Love never fails. Love never fails. You see, or a person may actually believe that they are doing something good when in actuality they are being selfish. For example, a parent that continues to enable a grown child who is irresponsible may believe that they are indeed helping their child out of love when in reality they may be acting out of a sense of guilt or even simply trying to avoid their own embarrassment. The reality is, the reality is that their enablement only perpetuates their behavior. So my brothers and my sisters, sometimes we may believe that we are helping a situation. When we are destroying it, parents sometimes have their children living with them until they are 35 and 37. The child don't learn responsibility. The child doesn't understand what it is to, to, to parent or, or to, to stand up for themselves. And it's, it's as if the parent is wiping the nose of the child. These are days that, that were babies. We don't do that anymore to children. You are destroying the child. So when I am motivated by love of the other person, I will remain patient. Yes, I will remain patient. Patience is a virtue. We always hear that. Oh man, how sometimes our patience is tried. Our patience is tried so much to the point where we may even be a patient in the hospital instead of exercising patience. I will not become irritable when I am motivated by love of the other person. I will remain patient. I will not become irritated. I will not keep a record of their wrongs. Why? Because my motivation has changed the focus from me to the other person. Love fails to endure when my motivation is love of myself. The people in the church at Corinth was not motivated by their love for the other person, but rather for their love of themselves and their gifts and the offices that they had. So there was always problems in the church at Corinth. Now it may seem strange to realize that from Yahweh's perspective, a good action without a motivation of love is worthless indeed. So that is why, that is why when I see in the papers that somebody is given a donation for a charitable cause, there should be no cameras around given letting people know who gave if you're going to give a donation of a can of milk to an institution please there should be no picture taken there should be no photo opportunity just give the charity out and that is it and Yahweh will reward you and me when he comes first Peter chapter 1 verse 24 and 25 says all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of Yahweh endures forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So the grass faileth, and the flower fadeth. But Yahweh's word, Yahweh's love, his love will never fade away. No, sir, it will never fade away. So, so though sometimes we may think that our love is put to the test and fail it, one thing is for sure that all flesh is grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away, but the word of Yahweh endures forever. I am happy that the love that Yahweh has, we can read it in his word in the scripture. And by reading the scripture, we recognize that Yahweh's word stands fast forever and does not fall, does not fail, does not falter. 
When a flower has given its fragrance and beauty during the hours of sunshine, it has served its purpose and the cold winds and frost causes it to wither and fall off the plant. Not so with love in days of stress and strain, as well as when all is bright and fair, love remains, love ever remains the same, shedding its fragrance of trust and hope and faith all around. So when we are pushed, when we are tugged, when we are thrown down, when we are insulted, when we are taken advantage of, we would say that our love will always stand. We will not allow our love to fall and wither away when the sunshine, the sun rays of tribulations and test comes upon us. No, we will stand fast. James 1.11 says, For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall be the rich man always in his ways. But Yahweh's word will not fail. Prophecies, the gift of prophecy was provided by Yahweh for the guidance of the church through the ages when the need of such guidance no longer exists. That is, when the people of Yahweh reached their heavenly home, prophecies will cease. The word of Yahweh says that prophecies will cease, but our love should never cease. Oh yes, Hosea chapter 12 verse 13 says, And by a prophet, Yahweh brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet was he preserved. So fail to render null to bring to an end. Tongues like prophecy, this gift which serve as a useful function in the church of Yahweh will no longer be required. All these will fade, but Yahweh's love for us will never fail, and it will never cease, it will never fall, it will never leave off. The knowledge that we have in general is the gift, a gift of knowledge which enabled men to explain the truth clearly and logically for others to see. Paul here is setting forth the superiority of love over various spiritual gifts that were useful in building up the church, but which with the church triumphant in the glorious kingdom of Yahweh will no longer be needed. For knowledge and prophecy, all of these shall pass away for we know in part now yes we know in part and we prophesy in part the gifts of knowledge and prophecy provides only a partial glimpse of the inexhaustible treasuries of divine knowledge this limited knowledge will appear to be all but cancelled in the superior brightness of the eternal love as the light of a candle loses its importance when placed in the bright light of the sun so we see in part we know in part we have knowledge in part but let me tell you something when that which is perfect is come then that which is in part shall be done away with it shall be done away Yahweh will be all knowledge the only knowledge that we need and in verse 10 it says perfect perfect but when that which is perfect is come then that which is in part shall be done away with and the Greek word teleos means complete or entire fully mature even the knowledge acquired by the most brilliant of men is insignificant when compared to the vast ocean of knowledge in the universe thus the boasting of the corinthians was completely out of place when yeshua hamashiach comes when yeshua hamashiach comes again to redeem his own then the then the partial illumination of the human mind by all the knowledge possessed by man will be lost will be lost to view in 
the superior brightness of the divine revelation of truth, even as the light from the stars disappear when the morning sun appears. They say man uses about quarter of his brain. Thank Yahweh for that, for what will happen if he had used more, because with the quarter of the brain, man is wreaking havoc on the earth. But let me tell you something, when that which is perfect shall come, even the knowledge acquired by the most brilliant of men, that is insignificant when compared to the vast ocean of knowledge in the universe. It is the partial nature of that knowledge that will cease when man is changed from mortal to immortality. Likewise, when this world comes to an end and men hold open face-to-face communion with Yahweh, prophecy will have ceased, prophecy will have served its purpose and will no longer be needed. Would you say amen? Would you say hallelujah today? Verse 11 says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Today you look on the street and you see these guys up and down. These young men up and down on these scooters. Wreaking havoc. Dodging in and out of vehicles. Killing themselves. Yesterday I was going home. And they had one of those powerful bikes. It had to be over 1000 cc. This young man on it without a shirt on. Without a helmet. And the two lanes of traffic going in opposite directions and he's coming down through the middle of these the little space between the cars he is coming down on this powerful motorbike fully revved up full speed drifting the bike from side to side coming down horizontal between the two lanes of traffic and he did it again and he did it again so for the short time that I was driving on the road in that area that boy on that motorcycle was recklessly dangerously sending that bike down through the little space between us that lane that is not a motorable lane oh yes when they are boys they behave as boys but when they grow up to be young men they should put away childish things i've often heard my mother say when i was a child i spake as a child and when i become a man i put away foolish things many grown men out there doing foolish things as a young boy will do but when we are mature we should put away all these things. This illustration is saying that a non-speaker, when a child is young, it cannot speak, it cannot understand, it babbles and it says things that an infant will say. We would not understand what the infant is saying, but the illustration of the differences between the experiences of childhood and those of manhood to be emphasized by the great difference that exists between the dim understanding of those possessed by men now and the bright light of knowledge that will be theirs in heaven. So Paul used the illustration of a baby, of a toddler who can't speak and who can't understand the things that the adult understands, that while we are on earth now, we would not be able to understand all these things, the prophecies that Yahweh has given us, they will be darkly seen and as if looking through a dark glass. But Paul is saying, when we go to heaven, we will understand as the ceaseless ages of eternity rolls on. And he says, speak. In other words, I used to speak, that is, 
It was my habit to speak the meaningless sounds made by a child who is learning to talk or hear compared with the wisdom that will replace earthly knowledge in the future immortal state. Oh yes, all the questions that we have, the difficult questions that we cannot answer here, that no pastor, no pope, no priest can answer, no, no scholar can answer, no philosopher can answer. When we get to heaven, when we get to heaven, we will get the answers there. All we have got to do is purpose within our hearts to love Yahweh and to love our fellow men. So when one reaches manhood, he lays aside as of no value the idea and feelings of childhood, which formerly seemed of such great importance. In a similar way, so many men wrestle with foolish ideologies and philosophies and have become so great philosophers over things that are not worthwhile. So when we understood now or used to think that is, it was my habit to think. This refers to the early undeveloped exercise of childish minds, a mode of thought that cannot be regarded as connected reasoning. The understanding was narrow and imperfect and knowledge was meager. That is, it was my habit to reason. The thinking and reasoning of childhood appears childishly and silly and trivial, short-sighted, inconclusive, and erroneous to an adult. So it will be when Yahweh's people are in the kingdom of glory, there will be as much difference between earthly plans, opinions, understanding, and reasoning powers, and those of heaven as there is between those of childhood and manhood. Verse 12. For now we see through a glass darkly. But then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Praise the name of the Most High. Time will be passed away. Time will pass into eternity. The things of life that bothered us and that perplexed us will be no more. For we see through a glass darkly now. Our knowledge of eternal truth is now obscure and dim in comparison with what it will be in heaven. Now our vision is clouded by the infirmities of the physical being, which have their origin in sin, even mental perception is impaired by wrong habits of living, so that spiritual things are only dimly perceived. Sin degenerates the mind. Sin caused man's mind to dwarf in, in degeneracy. We can't ponder the deep things of Yahweh because we are so distracted and warped and bent by sin. But let me tell you something, when we shall get to heaven, the little piece of the little piece of our brain that we are using, we will be using 100% of our brain. Let me tell you something. Our knowledge of eternal truth is now obscured dimly by sin. But when Yahweh shall come and this mortal shall put on immortality, oh yes, we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and the things of earth will lose its hold upon us because we shall be changed and we shall be like Yahweh. Yes, we see through a glass darkly as in a riddle and enigma, as in a puzzle where some of the pieces are missing so that it cannot be properly put together. Such is our present vision of spiritual truth. It is partial, obscure, dim, yet that which can be understood is sufficient to bring joy to the faithful believer as he is enabled to see something of the beauty of the plan that Yahweh has made for the redemption and glorification of man. In heaven, that which has obscured will be removed and all the things that have puzzled men will be made plain. Knowledge will increase and with the increase of knowledge will come everlasting and increasing joy. Would you say amen? Aren't you excited to get into the pearly gates? 
Oh, but you have got to do some housekeeping, some inventory taking, stock taking. That's what we have got to do. And verse 13 says, here is where we get the topic for today's discourse. Verse 13 says, and now abided faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Let me read that again in a new version. It says, well, my version. And now abided faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Love conquers all. Love, the greatest love of all, that Yahweh sent his only son into the world to die for you, to die for me, that I can be here presenting the word because of the grace of Yahweh, in spite of my shortcomings, in spite of my faults, in spite of my failings. Love, the love of Yahweh never fails and that is why I am here today hoping and praying that you will accept this word and that the love of Yahweh will reign supreme in your hearts. The greatest, uh, and now abide it, all these three, but the greatest of these is love. When it is realized that of all qualities of character, love is the one that inspiration uses to describe the very nature of Yahweh. It is easy to see why the apostle should say that above all gifts of the Spirit, this is the greatest. This is the greatest as a manner of life. As a manner of life, love is more effective, more victorious, more satisfying than the possession and exercise of the various gifts of the Spirit enumerated. It doesn't matter what gifts you have. Many people may have several gifts enumerated. Yes, you may have gifts in abundance, but the love, if the love is missing, if the love is missing, your mission and your ministry is going to be insipid, it's going to be tasteless, it's going to be worthless. We need that love indeed. Love for Yahweh and our fellow man is the highest expression of harmony with Yahweh. Love lived out in the life of the believer is the great test of the sincerity of one's Christianity. Would you say amen? Oh yes. Oh hallelujah today for this word. We have now completed the chapter, the love chapter of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. What a journey it was for me. I enjoyed every bit of it. Every verse, every bit of it, I enjoyed it. Oh, Father, today I thank you for your grace and your mercy. That your love never fails. Charity faileth not, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. But your love, Father in heaven, shall never fail. Your love never fails, O Father in heaven. I thank you for that great love. And I pray that you will give us that agape love. That love that will transcend us into your eternal kingdom. O Father, your kingdom of love and grace. So I pray for that person who is loveless. I pray for that person who is unlovable. That you would encapsulate them. That you will enshroud them. That you will melt the heart of stone and give them a heart of love. For Father, without love, we will never see your face. We will never see the kingdom of God. We will never see the kingdom of Yahweh without that love and compassion, without bowels of mercy, without Father in heaven, love for you and our fellow men. So I pray that you will help us. You will help us to show such love. I pray, Father, in your son's name with thanksgiving. Amen and amen if this broadcast has been a blessing to you 
You can write us at Proclaim Gospel, P.O. Box 336, Rotown Tortola, British Virgin Islands. Or you may email us at ProclaimGospelVI at gmail.com. Our telephone number is 1284 547 4601.